Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sue Costello. Turn the world on with a smile. Take a nothing day and make it all seem worthwhile. Hi everybody, it's me, Sue. Sue Costello. I'm here with Walker. We're in the Boogie Down Bronx. And this is going to be part two of the Louis C.K. Louis C.K. episode. And, and as I just said that, I was like, you know what? I have compassion for that guy. I do. I remember seeing him at a... And everybody's like, you can't have compassion. He has all the power. He made all the money. And I'm like, I can do whatever I want to do. And that's what I do. And believe me, Louis C.K. makes a lot more money than me. He has had it a lot more easy than me. He has been able to do whatever he wanted to do, obviously, without suffering any sub- consequences up until this point, though. But what people seem to be missing is that look at the consequences he's suffering now. Like, nothing goes unpunished. His punishment is his punishment. And I, this whole idea of, like, I don't... I'm not better than anybody. I talk to everybody. I talk to people that went to jail. And all, this whole... Like, I don't know where this all this came... I don't know if it's us afraid that we're going to... It reminds me of, like, the social media turned into, like, this false identity. So everybody thinks that they're just chasing this false identity. And I don't think people even like it. Like this whole idea of like on Instagram, you're supposed to put up your life that looks fabulous. And so of course everybody's miserable because of it. It's just, we're doing it to ourselves. That's my, my whole play is about how I did it to myself. And then it ends up, that's why it's called I am Sue Costello because it's like, I am everybody. You are Walker Reeland. Like that's what it is. That's why the am is small because the am is not God. It's the God in all of us. It's the am is the human. It's like that human connection. Like, it goes beyond gender. It goes beyond any of the stuff. It goes to like the heart of us being human beings and human beings are messy. And I really always said that even with the private planes and everything, I've always said it. I've been like, people die in private planes a lot because they're going beyond the humanity. They think they're going to be beyond the humanity. They can get there quicker. They can get there faster. And it's like, no, we all die. Dead. Boom. Gone. Dead. Bullet hits you. Dead. Like no, and it just always seems silly to me, this whole like, I remember being on Nantucket and they had all these big, beautiful houses and nobody was in them because they had been caught in estate fights for years and years and years. And I'm like, what? And I'm not saying that people shouldn't be rich and there shouldn't be poor people and there shouldn't be like middle class. I'm just saying that this discrepancy is so crazy. And also this idea of one-upmanship. It's so, we're like, and it's so in the system. Like we're so, I gotta beat you, I gotta beat you, I gotta beat you, I gotta beat you before you beat me. I gotta beat you, I gotta. And this like whole like uh, exploitation, like people are afraid to even do business because that they, they capitalize on you when you're even just trying to be fair. It's like, I'm gonna talk about yoga and then on another episode, the next, what happened at my yoga studio. It's like, what? So let me just say, in order to, for change to have like what I, the ability that I have had to have to like be able to sit in my body and handle the feelings of distress, the feelings of feeling powerless, the feelings of seeing the reality, the feelings of trying to get to the compassion, the feelings of not trying to take everything that's ever happened to me out on one human being. That's the biggest one, I think. Not trying to take all my resentment and all my anger out on the person right in front of me. And I feel like that's what happens in relationships when you get really close to somebody. It's really hard not to do. It's really hard. And it's hard to like, people just, you're like, can you see them as like a, when they were little? People are like, I don't want to. And my point is it would help you if you saw people, you wouldn't be so angry. Hmm. So my compassion. So my friend and I saw Louie at Madison Square Garden. And both of us looked at each other and we're like, he's taking himself down. We said it. it was like last year. 
kept talking about such negativity and such. And I'm, and I remember thinking, I used to watch Louis stand up and I used to think I couldn't watch all the disgusting stuff. I hated it. And I still hate it. I hate all the sex stuff. I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. But the other stuff, like I remember he did a bit about um, having social anxiety at his kid's birthday party and trying not to eat the food at the table, the cookies, like, and how he just kept going back to the, I mean, I was like, it was so funny. And I'm like, he doesn't even need all that weird sex stuff. He's like so hilariously funny. And some of the stuff, like when he went to, the, he wrote all the letters about the um, the testing with his kids and like, he was very passionate about it. And I feel like when you do, so, okay, so he does the sex thing and now everything's negated. And that's what's funny. A couple of the guys have emailed me and they're like, so is it okay that I, that I want to forgive him? Is it okay that I want to like uh, still watch his stuff? And I'm like, what's going on now? Guys are terrified. Like, and I don't think everybody's the same. Like, don't we all have our own integrity? Don't we all have our own, like, what's good? I was saying that to the girls last night. Like, why do we have to be all the same? Like, for me, somebody grabbing my ass might not affect me, but for somebody else, it does. Well, how are we all clumped into this whole, like, black or white, good or bad, blah, 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 blah. I'm better, I'm better, blah. I was. I say that on stage, too, like Chappelle. Like, he was like, oh, racism, anybody that's a, what, I forget the exact quote, but it was something along the lines that anybody who doesn't think racism is worse than sexism is dumb or something. I'm sure I should have the quote in front of me, but it's something along the lines. He has a, he has an issue with racism being more important than sexism. And, uh, and, and I go on stage and I go, why we got to one up each other? <laughs> I'm like, what, what about it? What if all the minorities got together? Wouldn't we be the majority? I'm like, what? And people in the audience are like, like they had never heard that before in their life. I'm like, yeah. If, but they love it. Like, that's how the 1% is. They love it. They love when we fight with each other. They love when the girls get mad. They love it because they're going to, on the side, they're going to take advantage and make more money. And and I even know that from early on in my career. I used to say that. I used to say people would ask me about women being funny. And I was like, it is such a deeper conversation. Do you really want to get into this? Because they really didn't want to get into it. They didn't. They don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. Which is part of the reason why everybody's like, well, how do those women vote for, for Trump? It's like, because people don't want to hear it. Women don't even want to hear it. I came home from my sitcom and I went to a, a symposium at Stand Up New York. I had just came off the front lines of what everybody wants. And I was one of only a few women who ever done it. And I said, we have to address the sexism. I go, we have to address it so we can figure out a plan to go around it. And they screamed bloody murder at me. And it's the same thing. Like I said, this has been my whole life. I've said something that was real and I got screamed bloody murder at me. And I've, and I've caved because it was so hard. I was like, and I think that's what happens with people. They it, it takes a lot of strength to be able to be like, it's like I picture myself standing there with the wind blowing my hair back and me just still standing there with the wind just keeping on blowing and being like, because that's where I've gotten to a place. I'm like, I let them, I, I let them yell at me. And I'm like, I knew I was right. I knew that was right that we needed to do that because now look where we are. Even with my TV show, I did an episode where Sue dates a freaking dentist. I went to Harvard Dental School because I couldn't afford to go to the dentist. The guy asks me out because I'm smart. We talk about James Joyce. He loves it. And then instead of what the network would do, which is normally have me go to the rich people's house and be the fish out of water, I was like, no, have him come to the bar. He comes to the bar and just him actually being in the bar is so provocative to everybody in the bar that my brother eventually punches him. What I was saying, which I'm not even, I wasn't even clear of what I was saying was the how disenfranchised the middle class felt by the rich people. That's what I was saying. And I'm like, here we are 20 years later. And those guys that I grew up with, a lot of them voted for Trump and Trump used that to get them because they were so disenfranchised because Hillary assumed that they were just going to vote. They were so just forgotten about that. Then the rage comes up, the powerlessness, 
And then that's what you get. You get, and, and I'm like, I was saying that 20 years ago. And I remember Colin telling me, I mean, Colin Quinn, I saw him the other night at the cellar and he was like quoting lines from my show. He was telling somebody, another comedian, he's like quoting the lines. And I'm like, is Colin Quinn quoting the lines from my, he's like, Sue, that was the best thing I've ever seen. I'm like, I remember him saying something about the class thing that I was doing and that people were too afraid of it. And I, I guess I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. And then I'm thinking, yeah. And as a woman, like, Yeah. They don't want to hear it's and, not, and also this whole idea of like what I what I started talking about about uh, what it's like to be a woman on stage and being funny. So even with tough crowd, tough crowd used to be Colin Quinn show, and there were all the guys that were a lot of the seller regulars, and they were all regulars on the show. They were paid regular men, and so there were three men and Colin, and then every once in a while they would rotate in a woman. So here we are on the show with these men who are first of all men. So there's what five against one, right? They're paid. They have a comfortable job because they're getting paid. We only got like guest star things. And we, we never, we didn't have a regular job. We weren't with them. So we didn't need, not only did we not have the security of that, but we were put in something where these guys were so comfortable and we were like wished in and wished out. Like, so the fact that we were able to hold ourselves during that haunting to ourselves, like, I'm like, why isn't anybody writing about that? Why isn't anybody writing about it? Because they don't want us to know how awesome we are. They don't want us to know how awesome I am. We don't, they don't want us to be able to say like, I have compassion for Louie because I'm like, I honestly believe, I say on stage all the time, I'm like, how did we let these guys have the power? They're so dumb. That is the dumbest thing like that he did that. It's like, of course he was going to get caught someday. Of course he was going to get caught someday. And like these guys, they're taking themselves down in a way that they are. And I think, it, I've, I've said it on stage too, I've said, I think it's because guys don't want that power. Society's put them in this position of that they're supposed to be in charge and they're like terrified out of their minds. So they're acting out like crazy and that whole idea that we've been fed the story that guys are going to take care of us. And I know women will tell you, no, I don't believe that. But I'm like, well, why are you so mad then? Why are you so mad if you weren't waiting for these guys to take care of you or that? And I don't mean it like I'm talking about deep, 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 deep societal issues that were embedded in us. Like and girls, they don't even, girls don't want to hear it. I've gotten on stage. I'm like, you can't, I, I have a joke. I'm like, I could get on stage. And this is before all this stuff happened. I've been talking about, I mean, this month has been going for a long time. <laughs> I would get on stage and I'd be like, I can't talk about my oppression. I'm like, because as soon as I do, everybody's ass cheeks squeezed together. The guys and the girls, they're like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I, I was working on a bit. I'm like, I that's why I think I love the black comics. Everybody always asks me, like Chappelle's one of my favorite. Richard Pryor was one of my favorite. I love their ability to go on stage. And so I was working on this bit. I'm like, that they can go on stage and talk about their oppression freely. Nobody questions it. They can. And, and, and the idea that they, they always talk about their oppression in the pussy. They're always like, pussy. And so I'm like, well, what about if I become like a black guy feminist on stage? Like I do a character where I'm like, but and everything that he does, like he's only a feminist. He only, like he wants the girls to make more money so they can protect the pussy. <laughs> we got to break that glass ceiling so I can get closer to the pussy. Because <laughs> I'm like, you got to be creative in the ways that you want to talk about what you're talking about because people don't want to hear it. And it's like, can you imagine what that feels like to be a, like, Every day, like people, somebody wrote that on Twitter. Like, is it just horrible to just be a woman? Like, and, and I was, I was thinking about like sketches of like how many times when you, when you have the TV on, 
And how many times you hear like, oh, it's a girl. Oh, I wish it was a boy. Oh, 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 you hear that all the time. And then I sit down with my niece and all her friends and they're like, the boys get treated better in soccer. And I'm like, they do. And even in the family, sometimes the boys get treated better because they'll say, oh, boys are easier. You just hear all these little things that happen and you're like, oh my gosh, like, how did this happen? And then the boys are taught, like, don't, my, even my nephew, I remember, he's like, he put his hands on his hips one day and he's like, spit. And he's like, boys don't cry. And I was like, yeah, they do. And he looked at me and I'm like, sometimes it's just a physical release. And he was, and he looked at me and he nodded and he was like, okay. Like he could get his brain around that. But I mean, think about how a man is like pushed down so far that they're not supposed to have any feelings. Of course, they're going to act like nutbags. Of course, they're going to act out. And then the other idea of like, I think about with this Louis C.K. thing, like, yeah, he was given a tremendous amount of power. Just from an energy standpoint, that is going to get perverted somehow. He is going to get perverted in his mind that he is that person because it's, it's out of balance. Even if you think about feminine and male energy, we all have it inside of us. We all have feminine. And then I think that's where all the gender stuff is coming from is that people are rebelling against, like they don't want to be put in these crazy, like strict boxes, like you're a boy and you're a girl. It's like, well, everybody isn't like that. That's, I mean, even no matter whether you're gay, straight, even in a, in a uh, same sex couple, you need both energies. You need somebody with a masculine energy and somebody with a feminine energy because two feminine energies doesn't work and two masculine energies doesn't work because it's not natural. Natural is these two energies that support one another. Men destroy and screw everything up and women are like, we rebirth and we're peace, you know, and we receive and, and women sometimes take that as like a negative and I'm realizing it's a really, really powerful thing. As I was saying to the girls last night, like, I don't fall for all the things anymore because I, that was my whole reason for living is to not, when a guy physically intimidates me, it doesn't faze me. When a guy tries to put sex on the table or something, it just doesn't, I just don't even, and a lot of girls are like, yo, I think I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to say to a guy, no, real quickly and end it. And I think the guy, to be honest with you, that brings me back to my thought of watching Louis CK on stage, like thinking he wanted to, I feel like there's tons of guys. I think the guy the networks guys that I've been involved, I think they want me to take them down. I think they want it. They want to be stopped. I don't think they want to be taken down so far, but I, and, and that's the TV show that I pitch, which is ironic. And I'm going to talk about that on the next episode, but I went out to LA to pitch a TV show about criminals and men, men in suits and sexism and abuse of power. The week the Harvey Weinstein thing broke to a bunch of suits. It was this, the, the pressure, I wanted to just not go. I was so terrified. And sure enough, the result was I got more sexism. And I have to sit in my body and go, oh my God, you'd think like in this temperature that they would at least try to control themselves. It was worse. It was worse. And I don't know if people want to hear that, but it's just the truth. Because things do get worse before they get better, I think. And then all this fear, like I'm, people are saying, like I went on stage at the improv, right? The night in LA, the night with the, with the Harvey thing. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Now they're saying that they're not even going to let us in the board meetings. They won't even have a meeting with us by ourselves. I'm like, maybe we were better when they were harassing us. At least we were working. I'm like, oh my gosh, is that what it comes down to? And I'm like, what should we do? Should we just stay in? Is that what we should do? I should just stay in. I'm a girl. I should just stay. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not coming out tonight. I'm a girl. <laughs> I don't want to put you in a position that you might not be able to control your impulses that you might attack me. So I'll just stay in. And that's the other thing that's going on. 
They're trying to teach girls how not to get raped instead of teaching the boys how not to rape. And I think the boys want to stop being the way they are. I've had so many guys ask me, they're like, Sue, what's creepy? And this whole idea of they don't want to be, like I went out to, I'm working on this app. So that I, what's going on in my career is I'm creating this whole new way of doing, I mean, my app is going to be my all my different forms of art with the same tone, the same message in this app. And I'm creating a way that I'm going to do crowdsourcing. I'm going to raise money. The podcasts are going to be able to donate however much they want to pay for it so that I don't have to get into the system where they give me money because there's always an exchange. If somebody gives me money, then there's always an exchange. So this fantasy, I broke the fantasy. Nobody's coming to get me. Nobody's coming to save me. Now let's see what I can pull out of my butt. What I can create. Like now I'm like, well, maybe I will just go for it. And then I'll be like, well, look what Sue did. Sue really did go around all of it and just created this whole thing. So I'm talking to these guys with this guy and this woman with the app. And he's talking about um, a younger girl that he was dating. And he said something, he had said, I'm going to end up in the grave or something. He said something, and which I took to mean she was younger than him, that it wasn't going to work because of her energy and whatever. So, I mean, social media, I mean, he's like an older guy. And the girl we were with was like, that's creepy. And I was like, hmm. I, I didn't take that as creepy. And she's like, you're talking about sex with her and you're going to end up in the grave. And it was interesting to watch the conversation because he really got, he was like, no, I didn't even have sex with her. He's like, I'm not talking about sex. And she's like, well, you said it when she got up from the table and that made it creepy. And I'm like, uh, no, he probably said it when she got up from the table because you're her friend and he didn't want to say it in front of her because he doesn't matter. I'm like, and I was able to witness it, like be outside of the situation and be like, oh, this is what guys are terrified of. And this is what's happening to the girls where they're misinterpreting things that are creepy that aren't creepy and not even hearing the guy say I'm not being creepy. So this whole idea of like not ruining the guys, making them, they have their consequences. Louis has his consequences. And you know what? Louis is going to be back too. You know what he's going to do? He's going to go away and then he's going to come back and make art about what happened because that's what he does. Is he going to change? I have no idea. You know how much it takes to change? You know how much it takes to like look at yourself and rehabilitate yourself? But that's what the world doesn't want to look at either. They don't want to look at that with the with the criminal justice system. They don't want to say like, they, they don't even want to let people who went to jail have that be their punishment. They want to keep punishing people. Like serve time, like time served is like what, that's the punishment. You do something wrong, you go to jail for four years, then you should be able to be like, okay, I'm gonna, which reminds me of the thing in my play when I, when I turned the jury around. That's where I'm back to. When I was 18 years old, I remembered recently, just remember, I was like, what was that, Sue? What was that inside of you? And I was like, it was because I believed with every fiber in my body that what I was doing was right. There was, I was unshakable because it was in integrity and it was pragmatic and it was exactly what I had said. I got to the, uh, jury duty. I was 18. The judge looked at me and he said, will you be able to, uh, you have to make a decision based. The prosecution has to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. Will you? And I remember him looking at me. He said, will you be able to do that? And I said, yes. And then we went in and it was a younger black guy. This is part, because this is like my neighborhood. This is what I'm talking about, about associated with bad people. This whole weirdness, like you can't control other people's actions. And if you don't want to be around people who do bad things and don't be out, stay in. Like we're all just going to have to stay, like literally just stay in and be on Facebook and have fake lives. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> That's where we're going. That's where we're going. So my whole play is about like, instead of that happening, let's enhance the human story with the technology because the technology is happening. But if we do it the other way, we are going to turn into computers. We literally are going to turn into computers because we're losing the humanity. So um, uh, I forget what I was talking about now. Do you remember? What were you talking about? Oh yeah, jury duty. Oh, I got to jury duty. Okay, thank you. So um, uh, so it was a young, 
African-American kid. Now we're in Boston, a young, which was very segregated at the time. So the, he was on trial because he drove, he drove the getaway car for his friend who had hug, mugged an older woman. So the, and they said, do not pay attention to that other case. That case has already been tried. You just have to pay attention to the facts that are here. So it was me and a bunch of older people. And the DA, I remember he was so slimy. And I remember the, the cop was, you could tell he was so racist. He was just aggressive. And I was like, he's not even saying the facts. He's so rid, riddled with his racism. And um, they didn't prove it. And they brought the old lady in. And I was like, okay, but then we're not supposed to worry about that. They're trying to get us to feel bad about an old lady, but he didn't mug the old lady. So I was very pragmatic and I was like, pay attention to what the judge told you. So, so we're in the uh, jury room and they were, it was 11 guilty and one not guilty. And I was the not guilty person. And they were, they were going to sequester us. I was 18. I didn't want to go in a hotel with these older people, but I didn't care. I was li- I'm telling you, there was not a question in my mind that they had not proved it. There was none. They had not proved it beyond a reasonable doubt. And I told that judge and, and they kept saying like, what if... What if he does it again? What if he does it again? And I was so clear to be able to be like, we're going to ruin a guy's life based on what he might do. And I feel like that's what's going on in the country. Like everybody's making decisions based on what people might do. Or if they did something once projecting that they're going to do it again, or if something happened to you projecting that into the future and then it becoming reality instead of being like more human and being like, yeah, I, sometimes I do terrible things and sometimes I'm awesome. And let's try to add more towards the awesome than the terrible. And like, <laughs> Sometimes I look really pretty and sometimes I look like a boo hog. Like there's so, you know, it's like, it's not all black or white or just because you're pretty doesn't mean it's easy or just because you're a guy doesn't mean you get everything. Like I'm sure there's plenty of guys that feel totally oppressed by the comedy world. It's like, it's not black or white. And that's what the whole play is about too. It's like coming more into the middle of all this, of this idea of like, and I feel like everybody so breathes a fresh air when I, a breath of fresh air when I say it to them. Because even still, I could have easily said about that young, uh, that young kid on Dryly, I could trial. I could have said I could have been grown up, and somebody could have jumped in my car, and I wouldn't have known what they did, and I could have gotten accused of driving the getaway car. I'm like that could have easily happened in my neighborhood. I don't know, and why am I guilty for what they're doing when I don't know what they're doing? And the kid also was driving the van to uh, for his sister. She was going to Boston College, and I was like, if, if you want to play that, if you want to play what if, what if he was, what if his family is like an upstanding African-American family in Boston and the sister's going to Boston College and getting a great education and you're going to ruin his life because of a what if. I go, I'm not being part of it. And it's the same way I feel about that New York Times article. I was like, I don't want any part of this. I don't want any part of taking Louis down. I don't want any part of Dave Becky taking him down. I don't want any part of it. I would love it if Dave Becky and Louis decided to actually put their money where their mouth is and do something and create something. And I don't mean like just because, I don't like that whole like, just because people are women, they should be somewhere. But people who they, I guess they, they have to decide whether they want to work with people. I mean, it's not rational to not think that, like they do that with guys too. Like, But talented people that they feel uh, are, have a voice and might do something to actually change the vernacular. And trust me, I do not think it's going to change overnight. Anybody who does, I'm like, God bless you because you're going to be even more mad and more disappointed because I even think that about Hillary. People are so upset about Hillary. And I was like, Hillary did so much for us. Whether you liked her, whether she was evil, whether what, it doesn't matter. I'm like, uh, inside I remember thinking, they're not gonna vote a woman president in that easy. It's not gonna happen. So this fantasy is like, the fantasy is what causes the pain. The fantasy of what should be more when you're you're missing what is. Like she helped us so much. The fact that she even ran, that there was even a possibility. 
But then you have to see the reality of like, oh, the sexism is so bad. It's like, yeah, it's really bad. But maybe if we just do a little and it's never going to change. Like I always say that about being on the road, like guys go on the road, like if they do a tour, like Bobby Kelly and those guys, they do a tour and they go on a bus, they're never going to be like, you know, let's bring Sue. It's just not going to happen. I'm not going to sleep on a bus with a bunch of guys when they're like being dirty and gross and they're just not going to say like, let's bring this into this. It's just not going to happen. So I'm like, well, why don't I just go around it? Why don't I figure out, what if I just create a whole new way of doing business? And part of it is, is like really realizing that, because even the sexism, like, yeah, it's really bad, but it's much better than it was when my mother was younger. So it's like this idea of like, if we can do that for ourselves, then we can do that for like a Louis. Like, Louis lost a lot of business. He lost a lot of money. I mean, that's his punishment, right? Or should he just be hung out to dry? Should he be kicked out of the human race? You asking me? Mm-hmm. I think ultimate change... And transformation does not come from taking people down. I think you said it. You do you know, agree. And, and I'm not sure if you heard Marin, Mark Marin. I didn't um, listen to it. I have, I have, I've been like very selective of what I've been listening to because I want to give it time to make sure I know what I'm talking about before I'm influenced by anything. He, he, he said people asked him, are you still going to be friends with Louie? Imagine. He was like, of course. This is, he fucked up. This is probably the time when he needs his friends most. And because he fucked up, maybe we can all learn something from the experience. But think about that now. I always think of it like from people out there that these people that have been disenfranchised, these, these middle class people, these people that just, you know, struggling to make a living because the way the system's set up, they're so stretched out. How many of them have somebody that went to jail or a son that's not perfect or somebody that has to go to school? Um, a, a gazillion people, but because of the mindset, they think they're isolated and they're the only ones because we're not allowed to talk about it. But once we start talking about it, it is what's going to cause people to be like, oh, oh, everybody has one. And, and the only way you're going to heal people is to, I mean, I've read so, I'm, I've, I'm very educated in all this stuff and I educated myself in terms of like, I remember reading about a guy in jail and they gave him a job. He was like a vicious criminal and they gave him a job and he changed his whole, his whole demeanor. They gave him dignity. And it's like, who am I? It makes me wonder, like, if somebody hurts somebody and then I hurt them because they hurt somebody, what does that say about me? That says I'm just as bad. I'm just as bad as the act that they did because it's not who they are is not what they did always. And if that's how we're going to measure people, then I'm just as bad. What is that noise? Sounds like some sort of dog fight in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the dogs are upset with what I'm talking about. They mm -hmm. could be, but that, you know, bring it. Let's go. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I'm trying to think. What do I, I keep losing my train of talk because I'm so passionate about it. Oh, about the uh, idea of bringing out like this imperfection. That's what my whole play is about. When I say the line, we're going to start our own gang and you have to show one sign of not being cool to get in. Because when I'm a teenager, I have to, if you show one sign of not being cool, you get kicked out. And I'm like, well, what about if I just say like, even and when I tell that yoga story, like that yoga story is similar to what was going on with the Louis stuff. The yoga, the yoga place had tons of rumors and actual things that had happened that I, I was asleep to. I was asleep to it. And I think about the people that it really happened to and they have to sit there and go, oh, those people are drinking the Kool-Aid. I was one of them. So who am I to be able to say, 
to other people. And that's what's so weird too. It's like, you don't even know what you're in denial about half the time when you live in two. So who, how can you be so, I, I don't want to judge people because I could be in denial right now. And then they'll be like, you said this. And I'll be like, oops, I was in denial when I said that. But that's the difference. People are so afraid to say like, I was in denial. And I know why, because people would be like, we don't care, so we're taking down your whole business. But I don't have anything, so you can't take anything down. That's what's so funny. It's like, but yeah, to speak to the Marin thing and to speak to the Sarah thing. And yeah, and those guys, they might have overlooked a lot of things too. So, but but what does it matter? Everybody has to live in their own skin. The idea, most people would love to be peaceful. That's If you interview anybody, they would like to have inner peace. So how do you get inner peace? You can talk, you can write articles, you can do podcasts, you can say what you think, you can do be a false prophet, you can say whatever you want. My thing has always been you have to live in your own skin. This body is your home and you have to be in it. Nobody else. I don't care if you're married, I don't care if you have kids, I don't care if you parents, does not matter. Once you come out of that womb, you are body autonomous and everything that goes on inside of that body is your responsibility. And now this idea of like, I don't know when we got detached from that. Like I'm in charge of what comes out of my mouth. I'm in charge of where my feet go. I'm in charge of I'm in charge of all of it. I'm in charge of even the bad stuff that happened to me. I'm in charge of sitting with it, accepting it, and deciding whether I want to let it go. And saying, like, what it was crazy. What do I think? I'm just gonna have this like womb and walk around in this comfortable womb. It's never once you're out of it, like even your parents, even your family, like they what do they know? <laughs> What do they know? They've had the same trauma passed on for years and years and years. And I don't mean that it's acceptable, whatever. Everybody's like, oh, it's not acceptable. I know. I know. But you know what? It's, it's, it's not like letting the unacceptable become acceptable, but it's like accepting that the unacceptable happened. And, and for me, I'm trying to navigate a way to like be a voice that's completely outside of all of that and not letting people, these, this viciousness and I, here's my other thing. I really want to close with. I want to tell people this because I really do believe it because my, it's very self-centered of me to be afraid of people yelling at me because then that's all about me. But if I can overcome that, then I'm doing it for other people. And I really believe that the people that are yelling, I call the crabs in a bucket in my play. When one tries to get out, they pull you back in. That the crabs in the bucket are only a little tiny, tiny film over this little small area. But once you bust through those crabs in the bucket, the outside is so many people that really want so much more. But it's the same theory of like, you're on stage and that one person doesn't like you and the audience loves you and you only pay attention to the person that doesn't like you. For me, I want to keep practicing walking through that, like those nasty people yelling, just walking through it, just walking through it and going bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and getting to more people and having people be able to be like, you know what? And and believe me, I will say this and people will twist it and pretend and cover their bad behavior and say they're doing the same thing. I I know it all. I got it all. I mean, I don't know it all, but I know that the, the tricks and everything. Because what I did is figure out like who I am and what I, the girl was saying last night, we need to know what we want. And I'm like, I actually think it's better if you know what you don't want. Because everybody thinks they know what they want, but how do you know who you are? Like, I don't want to be part of that woman's New York Times article if that's how it goes down. I'm I'm so clear about it. I have no. You could you could tie me up. You could do whatever you want. I would still say I don't want to be part of it. I don't want to take the boys down. I think the boys are going to go down enough on their own, and that and then that makes me like them. That's it. That that's what I really want to close on. If I do that to the boys, then I'm just as bad as what they did to me. And then that's, I want to be cool. 
I want to be dignified. I want to make it on top of all the stuff that's happened to me, in spite of all the stuff that's happened to me. I want to walk the walk. I want to be Sue Costello. I want to be the girl. And they used to say to me, like, I used to be like, I don't want to be famous, but I will take it when people say, that's that girl that did that. That's that girl that did that different way of living. That's that, that's Sue Costello. She, she had the balls. She did it. And she walked the walk and she backed it up and she didn't take people down. She didn't stoop. And she created all this art and helped people while she did it. Like, okay, I'll take that. And if the people want to give me money as I'm doing it so I can survive, I'll take that too. So that's it. That's it for today. Bye, everybody.